welcome to the Gridiron Football Weekly Podcast. Today is July 16th and we are 23 very, very long days away from our 2020 draft. I am joined here today by Scott Shedding, a.k.a. Charo Lastra, and Clay, a.k.a. Eternal Touchdown. How are you guys doing today? Doing pretty well. You know, yeah. survive eat, you know, COVID cases keep going up in Houston, but trying to stay safe. You Clay, stay inside for the most part? There. Stay other inside for the work. most part? Yeah. Other, than other, than, other than work, I mean, I haven't done anything or gone out or seen anybody. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm doing good. Back at work with a full bar every night, so it's a little weird. But it sounds like they're, uh, I don't know, probably shut us down here pretty soon again. Yeah, didn't Kemp come out today and say uh, that uh, you guys don't have to wear masks there in Georgia? Yeah, so the, like our mayor, our mayor made it a law to have a mask, and then Kemp just put a new whatever in order that the mayors can't decide whether or not you have to wear a mask. So it's a battle between mayors in Georgia and the governor. It's annoying. Yeah, that is, that is very annoying. Uh, so yeah, I, Hey, I saw on, uh, on Instagram the other day that you had a little uh, sketchbook dump and there were a few eternal touchdown uh, drawings in there. So, Oh yeah. It gave me some hope that maybe you were gearing up for a new season of, uh, of fantasy football artwork, which uh, yeah. which some people might be inquiring about. Yeah, uh, the sticker shop is open. It's open for, for 2020. How much are we charging? Uh, $25. Okay. And you get two pages of stickers. You can do small or big. Okay. And you have no say in the design. You just have to trust me that. <laughs> no say in the design. Okay. Hey, I yeah. like that. I like that. It's a surprise. I mean, that's that's pretty cheap. And I'm not going to sit around and go back and forth with you on designs for 25 bucks. You know, you just kind of yeah. have to trust in me. Yeah. No, I, I, I trust you. Your work's been great before. Yeah, I liked uh, I liked your last one. It was uh, it was it was good on my end. I still have like one or two. I'm saving them. Uh, it's mm-hmm. been about three years. Uh, and I've actually tried to collect them all, you know, got to catch them all. I, I try to collect everybody's stickers. Um, wow. I, I have most of people's, but uh, I know I don't have any Fupa Slayers because he just puts them in really inappropriate places. So he doesn't actually like them. <laughs> That's half the yeah. fun. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so Clay, tell us about your COVID. What, how long did it last? Um... Yeah, I mean, as you guys all know, I think it started from a heavy dosage of uh, smelling salts. And um, so my immune system was down and I got it. I think I got it a little worse than everybody here. It kind of hit all the service industry around here at the same time. I don't know who the patient zero was, but um, yeah, there was a good eight or nine of us um, that got it all at the same time. But I had a little worse than everyone just because I was so beaten down from like drinking and dumb shit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I had a pretty good fever for like three days. Uh, no energy. Still some like back pain. But I never got like a bad cough or anything. Okay. It wasn't too bad. Two weeks off of work was nice. Yeah. Good. You don't feel like a lung capacity difference since then? Um... No, not really. I was a little concerned. That was like my biggest concern is the long term uh, long stuff. 
I mean, it affects everybody differently. I mean, just in, like just how it is while you have it and long-term effects. So, Yeah, I should probably quit smoking soon. We'll see. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, um, speaking of COVID-19, we went an episode, refraining from mentioning it, but uh, it's on our doorstep here. Uh, Florida is canceled, guys. They've reached a peak in cases in the past couple days. It uh, doesn't look like it's slowing down anytime soon. Uh, looks like we're going to have a remote draft. How do you feel about that, Shedig? I mean, not great, obviously. I, you know, I know everybody looks forward to the draft and getting together and having this kind of one, this, you know, getaway that we have on a yearly basis now being canceled, especially since we just started traveling last year, going to Arkansas for the first time and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, you know, now – and we've been obviously been living in this COVID world since what, like March or something here in the U.S. at least. So, yeah, everybody was definitely needing a, a getaway, you know, some or some release basically. And it's unfortunate this has to be canceled, but it's, you know, probably the safest option. And that's that's the reality of it is that a lot of things are being canceled right now or at least changed from the majority of the time. So, you know, it's, yeah. it's not something anybody wants wants to happen, but it's – it's just that's the world we're living in right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Clay, how do you how do you feel about the the draft being canceled? Um, moving yeah, that's probably for the best. I was going to bring a lot of smelling salts to this draft, <laughs> um, but yeah, now you can use them for yourself. Yeah, I've probably done the most remote drafts, so I feel good about it. I feel Have like you already done? Do it. Oh, okay. I was going to say, are you already drafting in other leagues? No. no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I kind of think that we should just do it on the old Yahoo, um, the old Yahoo format. Oh God, the- no! We do not want to <laughs> put that on the clock. There'll be so many auto picks. We do not want to put Shedig under the clock, but, uh, but yeah. So I, 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 I personally think that people can sometimes mis- misconstrue things over text message and be confused about what's going on. So I just want to say I love this league. I was really excited for Florida. We had a whole trip set up, stopping in New Orleans. You know. Harris, daiquiris, good food, head to the beach. And we got there, this whole thing. I mean, this was set up back in February. And so, and it looked like there was a very reasonable possibility of that happening uh, even all the way up till June. Uh, and as, as June ended in July, uh, the months switched, we saw that cases just kept rising and rising and rising. And uh, we were thinking, oh man, so we can't do any of the fun stuff uh, on the way. Can we salvage anything out of this trip? Uh, and it turns out we can't. Um, so, you know, and this is including not only the states that we were traveling to, but the states in between and even the state that we live in right now. Uh, so I agree with the decision to cancel. I'm disappointed, but I, I wholeheartedly agree that it's very dangerous. Uh, at this point, I personally believe uh, for myself, and I can't make a decision for everybody else. If y'all want to get together, if you guys want to join up and do whatever, but for myself, is an isolated draft. Uh, something we haven't done since uh, 07. I, I can't. I think the first one was at uh, Scott Payne's place in Austin. That couldn't the barn house. Yeah, the barn house. So that had to. That was a good one. Right, right. Uh, so yeah. So my personal opinion is just scrap 2020. Scrap all of it. Let's stop trying to fight the virus. Uh, let's stay inside. Let's stay safe. Um, and let's all concentrate on on getting the best teams for ourselves. Yeah, well, I mean, you're gonna you're gonna be hosting Anil and Chase, so you can at least do the trophy ceremony, right? Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, we'll see about that. I'm I'm not 100 percent sure. I mean, I don't want to encourage people 
or tell people that they have to get together. I don't want to exclude anybody and say, hey, you can't come over, but Chase can. Um, no, no, so, no, I mean, I think, you know, minimizing risk is always a thing. And because I know, like, I've talked to Michael, like, with, I think we might at least get together. And if somebody else in Houston wants to get together, it'd be like a small group. So at least we're still minimizing risks. And right. Michael and I, the, common, the commonality that both of our significant others work in the hospital. So we are pretty close to it, uh, to a degree. Um, so there, like I said, it's just about minimizing risks. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to fly Danny Walton out to Georgia. <laughs> just, just you two hang out. I think you'd like that. <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, a little off, off the beaten path here. Did you guys hear the rumors that uh, Taco Bell's getting rid of the grillers, beefy, cheesy burrito, uh, or briefy Frito burrito, quesarito, seven layer nachos, etc. cetera. How does that make you feel? No. You know, I, it's it's a sad day when uh, Taco Bell has to re- reduce their menu, but I yeah. assume it's due because of uh, they're just not selling, you know? Yeah, yeah. none of those, um, I mean, they're just rumors. Let's not get over yeah, Okay, <laughs> right, right, yeah. None of those are really going to make or break my uh, Taco Bell trips. And I, oh. I, I ranked the top five Taco Bell products here. And if okay. one of these went off, I would be more concerned. I got number one. Baja Blast. Yeah. Number yeah. two, Crunchwrap Supreme. Mm-hmm. Three, Chicken Quesadilla. Yes. Four, Cheesy Gordito Crunch. Yep. And the five, the Cool Ranch Taco, which John brought up today. I was, I was sad to see it's that. It's not one there anymore. Yeah. I thought now. they still had it. It was so good. So Taco Bell's big on like supply and demand and like teasing their customers to uh, to really love something, cancel it. And then, uh, you know, bring it back to a huge, you know, uh, hurrah and excitement. Uh, so, I mean, we've seen the, the nacho fries. Everybody loves the nacho fries. Um, so maybe this is that. It's just like, I haven't seen the love for the grillers that I have for the grillers and the beefy Frito burrito that I have. Every time I go, that's what I get. But everybody I go with gets something else. Um, XXL burrito, quesadilla. Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. So um, I'm just hoping that this isn't something that's gone for good, uh, and that you know, sometime in the near. I've future. never had the nacho fries. Are they good? Oh yeah, nacho fries are good, and I think they're only like a buck for just like a little, uh, a little, yeah, smidge, little snack. So so yeah, and that nacho cheese. Oh man, it's fire. Yeah, I don't think I've had that either. Um, I'm not gonna lie. Uh, since we did talk about where it's going to be part of it, on, on my way home, I picked up some Taco Bell. So, mm. yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I thought I, about I it today. I had a cheesy gordita crunch and a Chalupa Supreme. Mm-hmm. Congratulations. Congratulations. It sounds delicious. Which, uh, which I was, I, I obviously I was, I asked for Baja Blast with it and they said they don't have Baja Blast, but they do have it frozen. So that's, that's what I'm drinking today. Mm. Oh, that's what he's drinking. Yeah. Uh, yeah but- just what are you guys drinking i am actually uh going with ranch water uh it's a hard seltzer uh my weekend starts today on thursdays during the you know during the summer so uh yeah it's roots in far west texas it's uh just a little bit off the beaten path of of all the other seltzers here it's got that little lime thing so it's good what is the flavor just lime oh it's just like like a lime uh, uh topo chico yeah ranch water is not a good branding name that sounds disgusting yeah it sounds gross well 
<laughs> I mean, anyway, you know. <laughs> sounds like sounds Brought like you by ranch water. <laughs> no, no, no. I was just looking for you know a little something a little bit different, something a little bit uh, more down home when I went to the went to the liquor store last time. So, so yeah, ranch water. Are you drinking anything, Clay? No, I'm having water and coffee. I just ate an entire watermelon too. Um, <laughs> the whole thing, huh? Seasonal. Yeah, I do all my drinking at work. Okay, I mean that's that's fair. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. I remember um, when I used to. That's that could get dangerous, man. Yeah, it could get dangerous. Uh, I've been doing it a while. It's okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh yeah, professional, so it's all good. <laughs> I got mm-hmm. one last thing to say about the fast food um, conversation that we were having. So if there was one item, not Taco Bell, one item that disappeared from menus uh, that would just devastate you, what would it be? Huh. Um, there's a little Middle Eastern place by my work called Al Salam. Oh, yeah? Um, if they got rid of their heroes, I'd be fucked. I've been eating there for 15 years now. Really? I mean, how much of their their menu percentage is the euros? Uh, I'd probably say about 80%. So they would never do it. <laughs> anyway, uh, okay, I'll accept that answer. Shag, you got anything for me? Yeah, I think uh, I'm, a, I'm a huge fan of the Son of Baconator at Wendy's. Yeah. Whoa. It's, it's a yeah. good one. The Baconator itself is a bit too much for me, but the Son of Baconator is just right. Yeah. What's on the Son of Baconator? Just a little less bacon than the bacon. <laughs> yeah, a little less everything. <laughs> it's, it's like a little one smaller. It's you just the, one, pa- one patty the and one bacon. Remember the what the the junior Wendy's cheeseburger? The Texas double? No. Remember you get the, the junior junior bacon cheeseburger. The, the JBC. It's on the dollar menu. JBC. Dollar menu. Yeah, JBC but na- but just take off the veggies and add a bunch of bacon. Yeah. 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 Pretty good. It, yeah, I mean it's 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 pretty good. Uh, mine would be Whataburger Taquitos. I think that if Whataburger Taquitos disappeared, I'd never eat Whataburger breakfast ever again. I used to be a big, I I used to be a butter chicken biscuit. A honey butter chicken biscuit's okay, but it's like four bucks. And so it's, they're really overpricing it. But the, the Taquitos themselves with the Conte, I honestly don't think you get a better, uh, better, better, uh, quality for your buck for breakfast anywhere else. I would be absolutely devastated. I always ask for the chorizo taquito. They go, oh, we don't have that. And then I don't order a taquito just so they know that they should bring that uh, back. Yeah. 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 I'm sure they're relaying that to manage. Yeah. They're right. <laughs> Shedek's here. Ask for a chorizo taquito again. Fucking <laughs> asshole. Spin this dude. <laughs> uh, so, all right. Let's get into some football. Uh, what do you guys look for in a defensive player? Not a DB per se, but – the actual defensive player. Now, I know you could put DBs into a defensive slot. But that's not what we're talking about, considering we're going to have a separate episode for that. Uh, so what's – are there any factors that automatically disqualify a player from – or you from picking somebody? Or And is there a stat that you look at first that you concentrate on? Clay? Um, yeah, defense is hard because I was just looking up the uh, the – PFF rankings of linebackers and the difference between what they are fantasy and their like just general football grade is like so far off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's, it's got Jordan Hicks, who was the number two linebacker that was on my team. 
is a number 42 ranked linebacker. Yeah. Um, so it's hard. And every good defensive player that I've ever, I've ever had is generally I pick up on waivers. Mm-hmm. So defense is hard. I generally like to get the guys off waivers. Um, I drafted Aaron Donald pretty early last year because he's a great football player and it backfired on me, ended up trading him, I think, to Hedeman. Um, so I really like to see a good two or three games of uh, statistical production, you know, like a guy that has nine tackles for three games because um, you want that consistency. Okay. Uh, I like having, like, two consistent guys, linebackers, and then maybe, like, a splash player on the uh, edge or something that could get three sacks a game. Yep. Sure, what do you think? I, I I agree with uh, Clay that, you know, it's a very different position to look at. That's one of the positions that I really do. I have to, I have to watch the guy play for a little bit and just make sure that he has that bit of X factor, that bit of hunger in, in his eyes and really make, to make some plays. Uh, I'm not huge on necessarily, Oh, this guy gets a lot of tackles kind of thing. I, I like other things. I like tackles for loss, sacks, uh, forced fumbles, fumble recovery, stuff like that. Tip passes. Um, you know, it also depends on the system you're looking at. If they're in a 3-4 or a 4-3, um, you know, 3-4, I like the outside guys because the middle guys usually have a lot of gap uh, assignments or covering tight ends, stuff like that. And then mm-hmm. in a 4-3, obviously your middle guys usually usually going to be running free, uh, having a good time. And I think that, you know, the the stats we changed for last year for defensive tackle and defensive and helped a little bit to make them a little bit more viable. Like Clay said, he got Aaron Donald in the draft. Didn't do as well as he had hoped, but it made him at least, uh, you know, a viable option, which was good. Right. What do you usually look for? So Clay's right. Defense is super hard. Um, I was the defensive expert from last year to the defensive spot. And something that I have done in the past, which I'll probably, I'll probably switch it up a bit is, I trust in certain people. I plan in the draft. And when it gets to a certain point, it's like, I'm going to get them. And that's it. So if you've noticed, I get the same people over and over and over because I know they're trustworthy. Jalen Smith, Roquan Smith, mm-hmm. uh, you know, these sort of people. I, I used to get Patrick Willis every year in the fourth or fifth round, which people say, oh, it's so early. It's such a reach. But he scored consistently at that spot every single year. There's not a correlation that you can put, well, this – team's offense is good so you know their defense will be on the field more or less or whatever there's not a correlation saying this defense is the number one defense so the players on this defense must be get more fantasy points there's no real like stats you know algorithm that you can stick in and say okay this guy's uh definitely gonna be better than this guy what you have to look at is just single players and if they're good or not i mean you see players like Corey littleton who comes over from rams to the raiders and you should expect about the same production from both places they're a football player and they can shed blocks and they know how to fill holes and etc etc so uh i think in some different positions in fantasy you can look at uh, teams, situations, coaching, schemes, uh, etc., and you can kind of plug and play different players in there, and they can be successful. Uh, you know, the the Buccaneers quarterback last year with James Winston, you put Tom Brady in there, it's probably going to be 
some pretty good production, uh, you know, similar to what happened, uh, if not better. If you plug somebody shitty into the uh, Ravens middle linebacker to replace C.J. Mosley, to replace Ray Lewis, uh, that's normally been a good spot. That doesn't automatically mean that they're going to be a great player in Patrick Queen. Right. So it's really tough, um, but my, my thing is I don't look at statistics. I, well, I mean, I do look at statistics, but I look at players. Have these players been trustworthy for me in the past? Have they been consistent? Um, and do they get injured? That's well, you're saying you don't you don't look at like the system or what's around them, right? You just look. and if that player say I had Roquan forever and he gets traded to just the, like the Dolphins, guess who's first coming off the list for me? Roquan Smith. It doesn't not matter what team they're on or what scheme they're in. If they're running three four four three, you know whatever, it does not matter to me. I think players that are good have a tendency to repeat until they just fall off. Well, what, I'm, what I was saying about the system is you have to understand certain players are set up to make plays while other ones have assignments. And so it's like if you're stuck kind of covering a tight end the entire game that the quarterback doesn't throw to, you're going to be pretty fucking useless. While another right. guy on the edge rushing the quarterback, getting four sacks, two forced fumbles, he's going to have a good day. So mm-hmm. that's what I'm like, you know, I'll go into this in a little bit in the AFC North, but that kind of thing can make a difference for points-wise. I'm just curious for what the way you guys are both talking about drafting defense. You normally leave a couple of defensive spots open at the end of the draft, and then just and find them on the waivers, like you're talking about, Cliff. Uh, maybe this year. I don't usually do that. Some people do. I've noticed some teams do that. Well, didn't Scotty P have the season where he didn't draft a single defensive guy or something? I think he got one defender. One defender. He didn't yeah. do well that year, I don't think. Nah, I think he got like eight running backs. Uh, <laughs> yeah. he, he tried to do that. But, I mean, what we're talking about th- this year, and we'll get to that in future podcasts. We'll talk about it as a league. But um, when you don't, don't draft defensive players, when you leave those spots open, you are leaving yourself open to spending more moves. And when you spend more moves, uh, you put yourself in a pickle in the end of the season. Um, so, yeah, when you – I like to personally fill my whole team. I mean, best case scenario, if I love my team and I and, and I, you know, I'm confident in them, I can go all the way to the regular season without using a move. Will it happen? Probably not. Probably will get antsy. Um, but without a preseason this year, you don't you don't see these players like we saw Victor Cruz that one time. Like we see all these you know stars in the preseason uh, and. Uh, so maybe we can stick with what we got until that week one. It'd probably be pretty healthy for both of us. Most of us, I think last year I used like eight moves in the preseason. Yeah, yeah. Cool. I mean, I'm still going to be using preseason moves. Yeah, just seeing you know, a little little light blurb on Roto World. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. Well, let's get into the the rankings here. We'll start with the AFC North. Shedek, what do you think? Um. Yeah, I'll go. I'll go from the bottom up. Uh, you know, Bengals and Browns defense pretty bad. Uh, if Miles Garrett can keep himself on the field, which is no guarantee, um, he should have a pretty good season. Uh, over in Bengals, Carlos Dunlap and Sam Hubbard, I guess, up there a little bit, at least breaking 100 probably. You come over to the Ravens, like Ravens, like you're talking about, uh, you know, you can't just pl- plug and play. Some guys like uh, Matt Judon didn't do very well. They brought in the original Campbell Soup and Calais. 
but I think he's pretty old to be doing anything. And then uh, you got Queen there, but ugh. and I mean, the real prize is the Steelers, honestly. And that's not just because I'm a fan. I mean, uh, with the changed stats last year, TJ Watt had a great year. Um, and so Devin Bush is what, kind of what I was talking about for a 3-4 uh, linebacker. He was in the middle in the beginning of the season. Since uh, the defensive scheme for the Steelers is a bit complicated, they kind of let him run a Paul Amalo, uh a defense where he was just kind of just ready to play and make a play, basically. And he was. He was making a lot of plays. And then about half, about six games into the season, they were like, okay, now you've got to start doing your assignments, which is cover the tight end, gap assignment, things like that. It wasn't just run around, do whatever the fuck you want. And his points went down very substantially throughout uh, in the stretch of the season, for especially for fantasy football playoffs, which didn't help. Um, of course, I mean, what I was really pleased to see was uh, Cameron Howard actually coming in pretty strong for a defensive tackle for how many points he put up, which was really nice. And then I think this year who's going to actually have a big year is the guy I had on our podcast last year is a uh, waiver wire pickup, uh, Bud Dupree. Mm-hmm. He's going to have a pretty good year because I think TJ Watt's going to demand a lot of attention on the other side this year. I think no one can ignore him uh, this year. And Bud Dupree's on a contract year. They didn't pick up his fifth-year option. So he's got a lot to play for. Um, should be a pretty good year for them, I think. Yep. Play? What do you think about the AFC North? Um, I just got one guy singled out for each of these divisions. I got uh, Clay Campbell. It's kind of what we were talking about as someone that you don't worry about the scheme or their surroundings. I think that he's going to do great on the Ravens because he's always consistent. He's not going to, you know, win you the league or anything, but he's a good late-round guy that could produce. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I want to talk about uh, Mac Wilson. Uh, he's going to be the middle linebacker for the Browns. Uh, the Browns have gone through many different linebackers in the past few years, just like they have head coaches. Uh, I think Joe Schobert and others. Um, Mac has taken over in his sophomore year, so this is going to be his second year. Um, in his limited time last year, Mac Wilson got 95.5 points, uh, 57 tackles, 25 assists. Uh, he got a sack and a pick and two and a fumble force. So one thing that I do look at is counting stats. Tackles are nice. You always like to have people that get tackles. Um, but you like to have people who get you the, the crazy points, push you over the edge for that week. Um, if you can get a sack and an interception, that shows me that uh, you're, you're, you know, more versatile than, than people think. And, uh, you're, you're, you can get points in multiple different ways. I mean, if you notice people like TJ Watt, uh, you know, 19 and a half sacks last year, uh, you know, eight, six, four fumbles and four fumble recoveries, but he didn't get a pick. You're just not going to count on him to be in coverage and get those pick or get those coverage tackles. Um, but somebody like Mac Wilson, who's leading this defense, who I think will be uh, greatly improved, uh, is somebody that I'm definitely eyeing. All uh, right, let's move on to the always exciting AFC East play. What do you think? Um, I mean, I think it's kind of a no-brainer for the AFC East. The top guy's got to be C.J. Mosley. Um, groin injury took him out for the second half. I'm not too worried about it. Um, and his two games playing last year, he had nine tackles combined with solos and assisted, uh, a pick, a fumble recovery, a touchdown, and two passes defended. So, I mean, you extrapolate that, and he's obviously the top pick. 
Um, I like Kyle Mosley. Van Noy going to Miami just for your revenge against the Patriots. That'd be fun yeah. to have him for those games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Shedding? I agree. Uh, CJ Mosley should should have a pretty good day over in the Jets. Um, Dolphins, uh, Jerome Baker should still be able to put up decent points. I feel like I should be seeing more production out of the Patriots linebackers, um, but you just – I don't know. I, I feel like their their defensive backs kind of steal the show a lot of times, and they're they're not putting up uh, consistent enough numbers to start. Yeah, See, I mean, I, they, I, traded, I um, they traded Jamie Collins, so it's like who and, – and Van Noy. So I'm curious to who's going to pick up all the production on a good defense. Like, who are their yeah. linebackers? Dante Hightower was a high pick, and he had, like, a decent first season, and he kind of dropped off, and they got Joanna Mann, Bentley. Uh, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know how that's going to work out, but maybe, maybe that's the guy to look for, Joanna Mann, Bentley. So, <laughs> have you ever ran the Patriots' uh, defense on men? No, I haven't. It's, like, wicked. It's weird. Uh, they sometimes run, like, one defensive lineman and, like, a bunch of linebackers, and sometimes they run, like, five defensive linemen like two linebackers they're all over the place so I think the consistency uh with people getting tackles and people making plays um is just not there with the Patriots defense now you see these Patriots defenders the safeties in particular yeah. uh, usually don't come out of the game so Chung and McCordy those kind of people uh will usually be there but in the middle of the pack you you had Jamie Collins all over the field but otherwise you might see your player when you're watching a Patriots game on the sideline uh, on any given down. So uh, that's just a, a little note about the the Patriots. But my guy that I want to talk about was Jerome Baker that you mentioned earlier. Um, he had an amazing year last year that I don't think anybody talked about. I don't think anybody owned him. Um, and I'm sure a lot of people listening right now don't, have no idea who he is. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, he's taken over for the middle spot, um, for, for Miami who I know, again, we don't like to talk about the scheme or whatever, but the Miami defense is going to be on the field a lot. Uh, he had 76 tackles, 50 assists. So he was in there again, one of these multifaceted guys that can get sacks and picks, uh, one and a half sacks, four pass deflections and interception and two fumble force, uh, 127 points last year, 0.75. So that's just outside the range of the top 25. Um, but again, uh, he was drafted in 2018, so he's going into year three. Um, and this could be a year that he peaks and makes that first page. So Jerome Baker is my guy from that division for sure. Another yeah, guy worth he was, what? Ba- Baker was someone that was just constantly, I was looking at on the waiver wire last year because he was getting seven and a half, eight tackles. It was just like never pulled the trigger. Right. Um, for sure. I mean, if you look at Yahoo right now, his fan points, which everybody wants to look at, the fancy points projected is three, 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 three. So it's not super sexy. But what I'm telling you is that Jerome Baker uh, will will flirt with that first page production this year. I was going to say another guy worth noting is that Tremaine Edmonds. Uh, oh, yeah. the, uh, he, he, he also very, very consistent tackle guy racking up uh, throughout the year. Yeah, I have Tremaine at number nine in my linebackers. So, yes, Tremaine, somebody we definitely want to mention uh, from that division. But, uh, but, yeah. All right, so let's keep on trucking here. Let's go to the AFC South. Shedding, you have thoughts on this? 
Well, I mean, AFC South is jam-packed. I mean, there's a lot of uh, a lot of good linebackers in here. I mean, obviously, you're going to start with Darius Leonard. Um, he's had two years in a row now where he's just been solid. Um, yeah. There's no reason to see him stop. Uh, Zach Cunningham over in the Texans is, was fun to watch run all over the field. Um, but you've also, I mean, with uh, Joe Schobert going to the Jaguars, that should be a lot of production for him. You've got some interesting uh, defensive linemen in this group as well. I mean, obviously, J.J. Watt, um, you know, he's getting a little older, but, you know, he's still, he's still Watt. It's yeah. still him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you got Houston in the wrong, on the wrong team over in the Colts seat. You'll probably break 100. And then uh, Yannick Nagakwe over in the Jags. He's not playing There's... right now. He's not even going to play for the Jags. Oh, he's not? Oh, wow. He demanded he's a trade, done? and the Jags said uh, no. Right. So it's one of those situations where yeah. – yeah. You still got Josh Allen there, so yeah, you know. So you still you still got. There's a lot of uh, interesting linebackers and defensive linemen in this group. It's um, it should be pretty jam packed with uh, some actual guys that are picked in the draft, as opposed mm-hmm. to just saying waiver. Yep. Clay, what do you think? Uh, why do you, you think it's Doug Marone fucking with all these guys or the front office? I think it just sucks to play in front of no fans, and Jacksonville's not a fun place to live. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. I've lived in Jacksonville. There's not much there. If you're a millionaire, you'd be bored as fuck, man. You just when did you it. live in Jacksonville? I lived in Jacksonville in the early 90s before I, before I moved here and before I moved to South America. But when you were five? Five to ten, yeah. Let, let me tell you. Oh, yeah, <laughs> it's man. A, it's a place. Not much there. Mm-hmm. That's pretty fun. Mm. But, no, I don't, I don't mind Jacksonville at all. I'm just saying – if you are a big star, if you are a right. player yeah. that, you know, whatever. and Getting uh, 20 sacks a year or whatever he did, 18. Yeah. And the Jaguars have not been good for, I mean, a little bit. It's got to be at least 10 years. So, well, no, they, I mean, they went to the AFC Championship with, with Bortles that one year. But besides that, the, uh, the Jaguars have been kind of the laughingstock of the AFC South for, for quite, a, quite a long time. I mean, they've shown flashes and had, uh, had some peaks. But, but yeah, it, it's not a – if people who want to win, people who want to get paid, people want to live in an interesting city and don't want to travel to London twice a year. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's definitely no London games this year, so. Yeah. Safe. Hell yeah, I hate London games. <laughs> I actually love them, but, uh, but yeah, getting off track here. Go ahead, Clay. AFC South. Uh, I got like a kind of late round. I don't want to show all my cards on the pod, I'm, you know. Yeah, um, don't, don't have to. Um, I'm going to put kind of some later round picks that could uh, help you win a week. Um, DeForest Buckner moving to the Colts. Mm. Um, he hasn't missed a game in three seasons. Had 12 sacks in 2018, seven and a half in 2019. But that's on that Niners team that had so many guys ripping the quarterback. Um, and I think he's got a good chance. I mean, I know it's not fun to draft interior linemen in fantasy, but um, – if he can kind of, I don't know, get 10 sacks uh, with Justin Houston and Darius Leonard, and um, they got that other – what's the other good linebacker opposite? Anthony Walker. Yeah. Uh, I think he could uh, make a little push for some value, maybe like mm-hmm. 120 points, best-case scenario. Yeah. Okay. Uh, He's on my men team. I, I love DeForest Buckner. Yeah. Uh, all right, so the guy that I wanted to talk about is some guy I've been uh, excited about. 
since the beginning of last year, and I really wanted to draft him last year. Um, but I realized that the Jaguars decided that they were going to put him in a position not to get fancy points. Another guy that Shay just mentioned, but Josh Allen for the Jaguars uh, is going to be featured in that defense. Um, Ten and a half sacks last year, 11 sacks for loss, uh, or 11 tackles for loss and two fumble fours. Um, if they can play him as a hybrid Jadavion Clowney type guy on the outside, uh, he was a, a middle linebacker in in college. Uh, so he definitely has that kind of pedigree to, to really uh, shape a defense and really put up some fancy points, some strong fancy points. Um, I could see him getting 15 to 20 sacks this year and uh, really carrying that defense. Um, so, yeah, Josh Allen is my guy. I won him draft him last year because I, I bragged about I definitely was going to get both Josh Allens. Um, this year I hope to just get one, uh, and I will let you speculate on which one. But uh, Josh Allen, the defender for the Jaguars, is one of my favorites there. Would you rather draft him with Ngakwe playing or without? With. Mm. Yeah. I, I think that, uh, you know, when you are a, the sole uh, defender that offenses need to prepare for, uh, you don't have nearly as much opportunity to shine fantasy-wise than if, uh, if you have a bunch of sporting casts. So. I agree. So, yeah. I think it definitely, right. it definitely helps them. Yep. Yep. All right. So let's move on to our last AFC uh, division here. It's going to be AFC West. Shedig, what do you think? Obviously, like you were talking about earlier with uh, Corey Littleton going to the Raiders, he's probably going to go there and produce. You know, he's, he's going to uh, definitely look at, uh, look at doing uh, what he's done for the past couple of years uh, over mm-hmm. at the Rams. Uh, you know, you got to have a nice little chub there in Denver uh, for Bradley. He's uh, he's got some good production for him as well. And can't forget about Von Miller coming back. You know, he's uh, probably done doing uh, baby powder commercials for now, but hopefully he'll come back stronger than he was before. Uh, Joey Bosa is fun to watch over the Chargers. He's, he's always good. And then uh, Nick Vigil made a lot of plays right around him too, basically taking advantage of, jo- of all the attention Joey Bosa was taking. But I, I, it's crazy to see the uh, defensive line coming in so strong for the Chiefs. And I think, was it Chris Jones just got a deal before the uh, uh, deadline on Wednesday? Yeah, yeah they just gave him a four-year deal. Um, Strong so was, is stronger. Yeah. So that was, uh, it's, you know, like Clay was saying, it's not a super exciting have, having defensive tackles or defensive ends and stuff uh, with Frank mm-hmm. Clark over there. But they still, if they're making plays, you know, it's, it's about consistency at the end of the day. Yeah, I love Chris Jones. Um, yeah. But he's one of those, like, better football player than fantasy guys, like all the defensive tackles. Um, I like – you mentioned him, Frank Clark. Um, I could see him getting 15 sacks this season, especially if uh, Chris Jones is there the whole season. I think he missed a couple games, was playing hurt. Um, if Chris Jones is in there to take some pressure off Frank Clark, I think he can get a pretty decent – sack total uh it was another guy that i i mean i just never pulled the trigger on the waiver wires last year that i wish i did Mm -hmm. uh my guy that i have 
is going to be Kenneth Murray Jr. Uh, for the Chargers. So he was their late first round selection. He's going to be their middle linebacker. Um, a lot of what I talked about earlier, where I have these guys that for the same year or same people on my team over and over and over, I watched them get drafted and become rookies. Roquan was the first round pick by the Bears. Uh, Jalen uh, Smith, I think, was the second or third round pick by the Cowboys just because he hurt his leg. But these guys were dominant in college, absolutely dominant in college. And if you – this is just my technique, but what, what I do is I take and look at the NFL drafts, look at these linebackers that are taken early, and try and get into the head of a, of a GM and go look at somewhere. Type in their name, what highlight videos. And Kenneth Murray Jr.'s highlight video impresses me more than any of the linebackers that are coming out, uh, Willie Gay, uh, Patrick Queen. Kenneth Murray Jr. was solid for Oklahoma. Um, and so this is the kind of, these are the kind of people where it's like, man, you got to him first, and then when you get to him first, you become a favorite, and you start drafting him two rounds higher than everybody. I mean, this has just been a, a pattern for me uh, in years past. So uh, Kenneth Murray Jr., I think, is going to be a solid addition to an already super young, super exciting, super, uh, yeah, has a lot of strengths, defense uh, in, in the Chargers with Bosa and Derwin James and that. So look for Kenneth Murray to be uh, one of the guys that I look at and I target earlier on when defensive people come off the board. Uh, yeah, we're all done with that AFC. Let's move on to the NFC, NFC North. Clay, do you have any thoughts on this? Yeah, I got my guy, Daniil Hunter, um, in the NFC North. Um, in the last two seasons among edge rushers, he's tied for on the edge rushers, tied for first in tackles, 86 tackles, tied for first in sacks, 33 sacks, and uh, third most pressures among edge rushers. Edge rushers. Um, he's just consistent, awesome. Um, probably not going to, you know, have a 30-point game or anything, but um, he can get you some 15- or 20-point games. Mm -hmm. Another great guy from my Madden team. Yeah. Yep. All right. So, Shay, what do you think? Uh, you know, I think it'd probably be a t tight race between Jamie Collins and Roquan Smith for best linebacker in this division. Um, I feel like Khalil Mack should have a good bounce back year. Draw uh, Davis is very unappreciated linebacker over the Lions. He does uh, he does a lot of good work over there. Um, you know, it should be should be interesting. What see what how uh, Christian Kirksey does in Packers as well. Yep. Uh, so we've talked about oh, pretty much positively about everybody thus far. I want to talk negatively about somebody. I'm going to talk negatively about Khalil Mack. Um, I think that Khalil Mack lost a step last year. I know his stats looked pretty good. Um, I know that he probably even this year will be one of the top 10 defensive players off the board uh, just because what he's shown in the past and the fact that the Bears traded two uh, first-round picks for, for the guy. I just don't see the value in him week to week to win you a fantasy, uh, to win your fantasy week. He disappears. If a team says, we don't want to let Khalil Mack beat us, Khalil Mack will not beat them. I mean, he, they're going to, you know, block his ass. So I, I, I see the stats last year and I see, you know, uh, the, the 8.5 sacks, four pass deflections, five fumble force, it was 105 points, which isn't really even close. I mean, that's a second-page guy. 
what makes me think that he's going to do better this year? What makes me think that defenders or that offenses are not going to look out for him and, uh, and really take that into account? So I don't like Khalil Mack in the top 10. I don't like Camille, Khalil Mack in the top 25. Um, and this kind of goes on the theme of I'm not going to draft any Bears because I don't want to watch any of their games. But, uh, but yeah, so I'm, I'm big on not drafting Khalil Mack and staying away from, from, from him this year. Yeah. I mean, when you're thinking about what do you think that's not going to – Akeem Hicks missed all of last season. Yeah. And I think that had a big part in taking a chunk out of uh, Khalil. Right, right. What we talked about earlier is when, you know, offices plan for defenses, they need to not have just one focal point. They need to have multiple focal points. But uh, I just don't think Khalil Mack is as good as the Bears thought uh, he was. I honestly think that Gruden actually – uh, might have gotten a deal on that, so uh, we'll just we'll just have to see. But anyway, let's move on to a different division. Uh, how about the NFC East? Shedig, what do you got on me? You know the Cowboys have some if uh, good linebackers, Jalen Smith, and if uh, Leighton Vanderesh can stay healthy, probably if you get rid of that neck. Board, he'd probably do a lot better for himself. He needs it because he has a he's gotten so many like neck injuries in the past. But yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Blake Martinez, so <laughs> Giants, always put a lot of numbers. Pretty good to watch. Um, but is is it the Red Tails now? Is it the is the DC Americans? Are the they, DC they, Redskins. It's still. No, I, yeah, I mean, as as far as we know, yeah. The other day they weren't. They, didn't they announce like, oh, we're gonna change it, and they're like. <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, you know hopefully it, that's what i'm over over in washington um they've just got a, a like a scurvy of guys that just might break 100 points at with the montez sweat and jonathan allen uh, holcomb it's very it's very iffy it's hard to bet on anything over over in redskins offensively or defensively mm-hmm. I uh, appreciate the uh, you counting a number of people by the word scurvy, the number of scurvy of people. Um, well, it's because it's like there's a lot of it. And you don't really want it. Oh, okay. Gotcha. <laughs> like, oh. Gotcha. Clay, what do you think? Keep up, huh? Sorry, sorry. My bad. My bad. Yeah, I got a negative for this one. I'm, I do not want uh, the neck board, uh, Van Der Esch. Uh, <laughs> he got drafted super high. Uh, last season, I I think he's good, but I, you got Sean Lee still there, uh, Jan Smith, and uh, I'm just not counting on someone with a neck board to get 150 tackles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I I totally understand that. Uh, it's so funny. I'm glad we all agree because I have Vander Esch as my 55, and that's far outside. Um, if if you're talking about uh, you know, three defenders on average, maybe even less uh, per team, 14 teams. We're talking about 42 people that are need to be started, 42 Bs that need to be started, um, or, or like I said, maybe less. Vander Esch is not on there. I don't think he should be owned. Uh, Sean Lee is even way lower than that. I, I'm not into the old uh, defense. Now, the Cowboys defense, if it, have, you lo- have you guys looked at the Cowboys defense on paper? Not like great. chart. Are you kidding me? It's star-studded. They've got a star-studded defense right now. Not a um, linebacker. 
Vanderess, Sean Lee, Jalen Smith. Uh, I mean, that's pretty good. You got Demarcus Lawrence up front. Uh, they got HaHa Clinton Dix at safety. Xavier Woods still there. I, I mean, they've got what it looks like. It's like, wow, you took all these pieces, you kind of put it together. Maybe this team can be defense can be good, but uh, you know, uh, the fancy community is collectively shit on the Cowboys defense. Uh, oh, going Sean Lee's got a neck board. He's got a backboard. He's got a <laughs> knee board. Yeah, he's a walking, uh, walking Fabergé egg. But, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, no. I mean, if you look at this defense, uh, there's really only one guy that I really, really want to target, and that's Jalen Smith. I mean, he's, he's the the third guy off the board for me. He's the third defender on my list. Um, he's in on every play. He's high motor. Um, I know that a lot of uh, people that evaluate players say high motor. What does that mean? It just means that um, he's always hustling. And every time I look for the ball, Jalen Smith's there. So uh, I do like Jalen Smith. Um, but, but yeah, so, so the, the Cowboys defense is going to be one of the most interesting ones to watch for me. Uh, either they're going to be really good or they're going to be really disappointing. But on paper, like I said, take a look at that Cowboys defense and tell me, um, that that is not going to be good because uh, they've put together, you know, a bunch of first-round pick kind of people. Uh, all right, let's move on to the AFC South, NFC South, I'm sorry. Shay, what do you got for me? You know, it's really fun to watch Shaq Barrett play down uh, for the Bucs. He makes a lot of plays. Um, and Levante David are pretty crazy and Shaq Thompson over in Carolina is pretty pretty good. And I'm hoping they don't let Luke Keekley play anymore. Is he done? I hope so. Yeah, you're right. Okay. He's okay, done. Good. good. Yeah. Cause I was like, man, that poor guy. That's just it's hard to watch. Yeah. So that's good. Um I don't know if his replacement's gonna do any good. We'll see. I mean, he's set he's in a very good position to make a lot of plays though. Um Falcons have Dante Fowler, which is nice. Deion Jones. And Grady Jarrett on the ground play make a lot of plays. Another uh, defensive lineman coming in there, and uh, Demario Davis for the Saints because uh, you know the Saints are always going to be put up putting up a lot of points. So he, had, you know, on the other side of the ball, they're making a lot of plays, making a lot of tackles. Right. Demario Davis is the number one PFF rated linebacker. Yeah, for fantasy uh, for, or just for no, for just just for linebacker like for football, just for whatever stat they use. It's like yeah. Uh, so such crazy analytics now. Right. Uh, right. Yeah. Uh, I got on my NFC South notes that I want nobody on the Panthers um, really? except for a certain defensive back, which I will not name. Okay. Um, it's going to be a bad defense. I think there's going to be someone there that's going to prosper off it fantasy wise. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know who it is yet. Um, and I'll probably, probably, probably get him on waiver wires on like week six, but yeah, uh, it's going to be a terrible defense. People are going to take advantage of it. I don't know how long they're going to be on the field. I mean, but so I know you keep talking about waiver wire, waiver wire, waiver wire, and I do agree with you as far as waiver wire. But the if if and I wish I could gather these statistics. Maybe I'll get with uh, Neil and some of these other folks that have gathered these statistics, but. The people who rank highest in D year after year after year spend a lot of draft capital on these defenders, and they may not get the top guy. You know, Logan Ryan was the top guy last year, 
uh, in defense uh, with 170 some odd points. I think Clay, you had him. Uh, mm-hmm. Nobody probably knew who Logan Ryan was uh, besides like a second corner before the year started. So yes, maybe they won't get the top guy every year. Um, but people like Darius Leonard, Bobby Wagner, uh, you know, uh, Jordan Hicks, uh, the Joe Schobert. These are the kind of people who are constantly getting picked high, and con- and these people uh, who know defense and know how to win defense get them. So you can try and collect a team of free agents to uh, to bring into the promised land to win on defense. But I guarantee, if you didn't draft anybody and you got every single high scoring player from week one, two, and three on your team you still would not finish in the top defenders. You need somebody from the beginning. You need to do some research before uh, the season starts and get some kind of defense, defensive stability. Um, way yeah, I, mean, I mean, even though, you know, I had all these defenders that were top, um, top scores that I got on waiver wire, I still traded Aaron Donald um, for something. I can't remember what, but I mean, I even got stuff from drafting those early um, defensive players. So I'm not totally discounting it, but there is so much, um, I don't know, so many diamonds in the rough on the waiver wire as the season goes on. Yeah, totally understand. I think, I think especially coming from rookies and things like that, because for the defensive side of the ball, you can kind of, once you get the scheme down, you can kind of get a lot, let a lot more of your athletic ability take over and just kind of make plays. Whereas, like, if you come in as a wide receiver, it's a lot of time, a lot of harder to get on the same page as the quarterback and read the defense the same ways and things like that. So that's why you can sometimes see maybe, like, a, a, a bit of a uh, slow uh, start for wide receivers on the offensive start as opposed to defensive players coming in, maybe be edge rushing, things like that, where you just, just let them go at it. Right. Yeah, you're exactly right. Um, as far as the NFC South, for me, I have one guy that I want to look at that's uh, defensive end. Again, I'm not going to totally just take defensive ends like Josh Allen, like Bud. Well, I mean, not Robert Dupree, Shaquille Barrett. Outside rushers. I'm not. A, I don't depend wholly on these kind of guys. But this guy named Marcus Davenport, who plays for the Saints. Okay, he's out of UTSA, um, so I kind of know him pretty well. Uh, he's the highest drafted player. I think he might be the only drafted player out of UTSA ever. Uh, yeah, 15 tackles, six sacks last year, three on the force. Wasn't healthy the whole year. Um, but the uh, the Saints drafted or uh, traded up to get him in draft 13. Uh, and they traded a lot to get him. So I really honestly think that uh, this is the year that he's got to shine if he if he can. Um, and he's going to have to uh, have to step up on that defense. And I really do think uh, he – you do see a, a, a resurgence from Marcus Davenport and this whole defense. Uh, DeMario Davis was another one that was on my list. Cameron uh, Jordan that, should do well too. Right. To help, yeah. help him the other side. So, so. Yeah. So, so yeah, no, I, I, I really like Marcus Davenport from this division. And I really think that uh, he should be somebody that's drafted. I have him high, ranked high enough uh, that he should be somebody that's drafted uh, in D spot. I have him at 33. So that's pretty high. So, to, to go back to what you're saying about, uh, Shaq Barrett and even Bud Dupree are both uh, filing a claim to be uh, considered defensive line, defensive ends as well. Since they both got franchise tagged, I think they get like a million dollars more or something. But since the most of the time, most of their time is edge rushing is what they're right. doing. So, yep. 
I don't know if I, I you know, I don't know if Shaq's going to be an edge rusher still. And if he is, I'd like to see who exactly is uh, going to take the place of Keekly. Um, and if, you know, when that person uh, uh, does take the place, will they be a, a top page kind of guy? But uh, let's go ahead and move on. We can go to the AFC or NFC West, our last division. Shedig, you have any thoughts on this? Well, there's a lot of there's a lot of hot defenders in this division. It really is. I mean, Bobby Wagner obviously is every year in and out. Uh, 49ers usually produce great linebackers in general. General between Fred Warner and Quan Alexander. Hopefully, you know, obviously health issues, but you know, if he stays together. Then the Cardinals down there. I mean, hell with Jordan Hicks and Chandler Jones, and then uh, they've got uh, you know the new Campbell, Devondre. That should uh, should produce a lot of points. Um, even near your boy Aaron Donald with the Rams, um, I know you said you traded him, but still, I mean, he could still produce a lot. They, he's he is a fucking manimal. Um, but one of the guys I actually really enjoy watching play is the defensive end for the Niners, Nick Bosa. Uh, he's he's fucking animal. I, I really enjoy seeing a sack, force fumble, strip. It's one of my favorite things. It's because it's so many points. It's it's just very enjoyable to watch. That's why I like edge rushers, defensive ends, linebackers, things like that. So it's yep. very nice. All right. It is the best. Yes. Strip sack. Oh, it feels yeah. so good. Strip it, sack it, is more than a touchdown. Yeah. So, is it? Like, is it? like eight points? Strip sack is – so a sack is, uh, I believe, four now. Yeah. Uh, the force fumble is going to be eight. Uh, and then you get a tackle. That's nine. Force so, fumble is going to go up to eight? No, no, no. Force, force fumble is four. But I'm just saying it. the four and four, if you add them together, it's going to be eight. And then the uh, tackle is nine. And you might get a tackle for loss, so I think it might be 9.5. Um, it's a big play. And, uh, you know, but, but you also got to realize that people like T.J. Watt last year got six on the year. Uh, you know, six times nine and a half is only going to be, what, uh, 51 points. Uh, or I'm yeah. sorry, 48 points. Uh, tough on math there. But uh, – but yeah, no, that's it's, true. And but I mean, the the big time is when they strip sack and just run in for a touchdown. That's that's pretty amazing. Yeah, wow. probably, probably happens once a season. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Let's, but when it happens, let's all draft people who are going to do that. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's yeah. pretty amazing to watch. Clay, you got any ideas on the West? Yeah. Um, well, this was kind of crazy to me. Arizona had three top defenders, but their defense was bad last year, right? Yeah. Again, yeah. players. Players. Yeah, Jordan Hicks, Jordan Hicks, Buda Baker, and Chandler Jones were all, I think, in the top 25 points. Yep. That's crazy to me. Um, and even crazier is that I think there's going to be one more in Isaiah Simmons. I'm biting on all the hype. Um, I think this guy gets five interceptions this season. Um, coming from safety, they're going to keep him at linebacker. He's a hybrid in college, um, but he's just super fucking fast. Um, he's in the top whatever percentile on the spark test, whatever that is, but I always get excited about it every year. Um, yeah, I think he's going to be all over tight ends and running backs, and uh, I could see him getting a couple touchdowns off picks. 
Oh, geez. So you're going to have to fist fight me for Isaiah Simmons. Uh, <laughs> I didn't I, even want to bring him up, but I was like, I didn't want to do bring him up either. Why'd you bring him up? <laughs> now uh, I know. <laughs> Isaiah Simmons is my number five guy off the board, my number five ranked defender. Uh, Isaiah Simmons in college did not have a defensive position. He played defensive line, linebacker, safety. Uh, he was all over the field when he was drafted by the Cardinals in the first round. It, the big question was like, where are you going to plug him in? Uh, and they had to have a press conference to say, hey, we're going to play this guy at linebacker. So we very well, very easily could have been having a conversation about Isaiah Simmons next week. We very well may be looking at somebody who is in a hybrid DB slash linebacker that you draft as a linebacker who gets that DB eligibility, probably not this year, but next year. Yeah, they um, said they're going to lock him in at linebacker this year. Yeah, I mean, okay. That, I mean, and, and maybe they will. But I, I'm telling you, the guy played DB in college. Um, he was mm -hmm. all over the field. He was insane. Um, I really, really like him, but I, I, I'm going to talk about somebody else. Uh, I'm he's, the, he's, the, uh, he's the Taysom Hill on, the, on defense. He is. He's the Taysom Hill on defense, which is like one of those – but he's going to score more points. He's going to be in on every defensive play. <laughs> no, uh, Taysom's going to take him to hell. Yeah, so when I'm talking about Jerome Baker and Mac Wilson and all these people who, who get sacks, tackles for losses, and picks, you know, that makes me salivate. Isaiah Simmons is like – the guy to do that. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets in an offense catch touchdown. He's a guy that could play football over the field. Um, a really, really highly coveted player uh, by me. And so, so yeah, I wasn't going to talk about him. But who, who I will talk about um, is Fred Warner. Fred Warner is a player that I really, really wanted last year and Michael Stolen later in the draft. Uh, right after he took, uh, you know, the, the who's the Telvin Smith from the from the Jaguars? Uh, he he made up for it by taking Fred Warner. Fred Warner, 159 points last year, 89 tackles, 29 assists, seven for loss, three sacks, nine pass deflections, a pick, three fumble force, and a touchdown. The guy was amazing. The 49ers uh, are a defensive wall, and he's the leader of it. I think Fred Warner is a top ten guy. I think he should be treated as a top 10 guy. Um, and if we're talking about pedigree, I know it's not exactly what I just talked about earlier. Replacing Ray Lewis, CJ Mosley, doesn't exactly say that replacing CJ Mosley automatically equals a star uh, in scheme. But when's the last time we had a linebacker for the San Francisco 49ers, a middle linebacker who is not a stud? Um, after. Uh, Patrick Willis retired, you had that one dude um, who quit after one year. You remember that guy? That guy was amazing. He got like 15 tackles in a couple games, and then he retired because he didn't want to have scrambled egg brains. Yeah, what was his name? I forget his name. I mean, we all forget his name. He only played one year. But I always remember, wow, you just quit after one year. You were like a fantasy star, and you just quit. Um, <laughs> I'm sure oh, there's I think of them. That. Yeah. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, we'll fill, fill you guys in on that, you know, in after hours maybe. But uh, 
but yeah, no, Fred Warner is filling in for that that middle linebacker role for the uh, for the 49ers, and he's just a tackling machine. He's in on every play. Uh, definitely somebody to go off the board. Um, and that's it. That's that's all for for uh, for our linebacker. Navarro Bowman. That was that. Navarro Bowman. It was yeah. Not. No, he played. He played a few seasons. No, he just guy he ended up tearing his knee up. Bowman this guy was Dwight. Um, huh. But yeah. Anyway. Uh, yeah. So uh, let's play the game we play every week. Give me your two. Please don't be on my team. Defensive players. Uh, I'll go. I got um. Yeah. Basically, these are guys that if I got them, I overpaid for them. Uh, which you know I've been talking about him this entire episode is Aaron Donald. Uh, he ended up with 115 fantasy points last year, which is good for a defensive tackle, but did not meet his 2018 production, which was crazy. Uh, missing two games, he had 155 points. No, no, he played a full season in 2018. He did like 155. Um, yeah, I picked him in the ninth round, which is pretty early uh, for defensive guys. But that's where they were going last year. I think seven was the first defender picked. Yeah. Seventh yeah, round. Yeah, right. Um, and then I got Deion Jones, um, another guy that if he's on my team, I took him too early. Uh, he is kind of one of the bigger names at linebacker. He had that great rookie season. He came back from injury, played well. Um, and then he hasn't really produced the past couple of years. Um, I do think he's a big linebacker name. I think he's going to go in probably the top 20 linebackers taken, but will not produce those numbers. Yeah. Um, and then should I go to the guy I definitely don't want on my team? Nope. Hold it. Hold it. Hold right. it. Shed it. Give me some please don't be on my teams. Please don't be on my teams would be – these are guys that, like, if they're still there and I'm like, it's really late and I'm like, ah, I might draft him, would be Miles Garrett over with the Browns just because, <laughs> you know, I just kind of hate him. But if he's still there really late, I'm like, ah. And Leighton Van Der Esch, just because I don't trust him to stay healthy. But, like, if he's there really late, I'm like, ah, I guess I could probably draft him and trade him to a Cowboys fan, you know. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with – Please don't be on my team, Blake Martinez. Uh, mm. like we've talked about Blake Martinez a lot uh, over the past few years. I just don't think he can match the stats that he has. I think he's reached his peak. Um, he's on his way down. So any draft capital that you spend on him will be uh, – you won't get the same amount of return. And the other one's TJ Watt. Uh, I just don't see uh, him reaching 19 and a half sacks. I mean, it was an amazing year last year. Uh, but I just – if if he's losing on sacks, where is he gaining? Um, he's not gaining uh, – I'm sorry, he only had 14 and a half sacks last year. But if he's losing on sacks, then where is he gaining? He's not gaining in, in uh, tackles, uh, pass deflections, stuff like that. So eight fumble forced, uh, four fumble recovery is pretty impressive. I just don't think he can reach what he did last year. So uh, T.J. Watt is off my board. I agree. I think he'll be getting a lot of attention this year and, you know, it'll be a chance for Devin Bush or Dupree to really step up for one of them probably have a good year. Watt after, like I said, he didn't, he wasn't getting that kind of attention last year. He was getting a lot of uh, single blockers and he just ripped right through them. Yeah. All right. Clay, give me your two that you definitely don't want to be on your team. 
or absolutely right. right. Yeah, just absolutely. one. One for the absolute not on my team will be Jason Pierre-Paul. Um, <laughs> I think if he played a full season, he would be great. But with his history of getting his hand blown up by fireworks, uh, crashing his car uh, right before last season and getting hurt, I think he is a guaranteed lock to get Corona uh, during the season. <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> All right. Okay. So, uh, Shetty, what do you think? Uh, my two absolutely won't be on my teams, uh, and there it's because I won't pay the price for them because I feel like I've done enough defensive homework to find some gems later in the draft. Are Darius Leonard and Corey Littleton? Uh, I 100% will not draft that early, and I know somebody will take them very quickly, probably in the you know, too early in the sixth or seventh round, kind of like last year. It's interesting. You never know. You just never know. Uh, 100, 170 points in the sixth round is not terrible. Your receiver. No, no, it's it's not. But I'm just saying I won't be one of those people to probably pay for that. I'll probably – I'll go somewhere else with that. Um, okay. I mean, it's fair enough. Uh, the two people that I definitely want to have on my team is Vaughn Miller, for sure. Um, mm-hmm. I get Vaughn Miller in another two or three years. I know he's an exciting player, and he's uh, – He's he's somebody that we've always had fun watching, you know, the commercials, the old spice commercials and everything. But uh, Vaughn Miller is uh, almost our age. Um, he was born in 89, so he's, he's two years younger than us. Um, and he's getting up there. He only had eight sacks last year. Um, even when he is healthy and he's on the field, he's just not as uh, dominant. Uh, 75 points last year. So, again, somebody that was definitely unowned on a weekly basis. Um, I don't see Von Miller being anything other than a, it's Monday night. I need some points. I need to win. You know, uh, Von Miller's playing. Give me a sack or two, and let's, let's try to win this thing. Uh, but, but, yeah, definitely not. And uh, staying with that theme, Sean Lee is just not going to be on my team. I, I think that somebody probably will. And somebody probably should draft an inside linebacker for the Cowboys. Again, I think that Sean Lee has been one of the, when he was healthy, was one of the top 10 guys in the league, maybe one of the top guys. Uh, so um, it, he, you don't completely see Completely held together by boards. Yeah, he's completely held together by screws and whatever. But uh, you don't see a lot of people come back from those sort of injuries and that sort of time off and be dominant so uh, he's in the position to succeed i just don't think he will uh but yeah that's just about it uh for for linebackers thank you for joining us this week there clay we appreciate it i know you have work today so you took hey, any time yeah I took out a little time shedding always good to see you um yeah, for sure. uh, what, thanks what, for it. uh what round would you say you would draft isaiah simmons just curious. <laughs> <laughs>